Every time I've ever had a goal in my life and then I've achieved it, it is immediately, it feels relief because you've gotten to where you've wanted to be, but there's that internal chatter in your mind of like, now what's next? Welcome everyone. You are listening to the Gentleman's Atlas podcast, where we focus on giving you the tools and resources to become the hero of your story. I'm your host, Isaac, and today's honest and authentic conversation is exactly what you need to hear to live life on your terms. So without wasting any time, let's go ahead and get right into today's episode. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back, gentlemen, to another episode on the Gentleman's Atlas podcast. Today, I have a guest feature where really I'm excited for the conversation that's going to transpire. It's a guest that when we talk about living this life of self-improvement, this life of becoming your best version of yourself, becoming the hero of your story, a lot of times we hear stories from different perspectives, but it's not often we find stories that are so close to the topic and the nature of self-improvement themselves, where you find people that become so genuine because they've improved themselves by understanding who they first were and who they want to be. So with this guest, I want you guys to really just listen to this conversation, listen to ways you can take your life to the next level in a healthy manner, in a manner that makes you better, in a manner that allows you to understand yourself better. So without further ado, let me bring on my friend, Bobby. Bobby, welcome to the show. Hey, honored to be here, man. I appreciate you having me. Absolutely. So why don't we go ahead and get started and give the people a bit about your backstory, how you got to where you are today? Yeah. Oh, man, that's a that's a, that's a hefty question. Uh, long story short, I grew up in, in Western Massachusetts. I grew up in Chicopee, Massachusetts. Lived there all 18 years of my life. Then went to college outside the city of Boston. Uh, went to, to a a business school out there, kind of had dreams and goals to graduate college and get a corporate job, drive a BMW, have a nice suit and wear a Rolex every day. Fast forward, I graduate college and I realized that was absolutely not what I wanted to do. So from 2016 uh, till now, I've been pretty much on this quest of becoming essentially the best version of myself. I feel like it was in two to three different chapters where when I graduated 2016, I was just trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life after college. So that was like just really just following my curiosity. And along the way, I ended up figuring out that creating and sharing my journey and my lessons and my stories was what I wanted to do. So it's been a ride. Um, I mean, for three years after graduating college, I was driving Uber full time. I had just started my first podcast. And then fast forward, I was able to leave Uber, uh, work full-time for a company called Liquid IV, still made a lot of content on the side. And it's just been an evolution. Like It's really not until I have conversations like this where I realize how much I've had to kind of navigate to get me to where I am today. And I think as humans, we're always looking forward, but it's really, a, it's been a beautiful, gnarly, stressful, exciting emotion roller coaster the last six years, but I'm really proud of who I've evolved to and kind of everything that I'm doing today to hopefully help and other people walk a similar path or have the courage to do the things that they actually want to do. I think one of the most beautiful things about self-improvement as a whole is the fact that you grow so much and it's not only until you, when you look back, you really see all the things that transpired. Like mm -hmm. it allows you to really focus on like just this holistic, like joy and just even like eagerness to like get better each time. Like you're always like, oh, here, I can do this. I can do this. I can explore this. Mm -hmm. And I think when you get those moments like today or like just some of those moments where you look back and you celebrate, you have this moment where you have to recognize you've done well. Mm -hmm. If you're in a self-improvement process, you recognize at those points and they're not as often as we might think that you've done well, you know, when you have those moments where you're like, all this time I put my effort in and maybe in the moment I was like, dude, I still got so much to go. Then you get those moments and you look back and it's like, wow, that's just, it's an incredible feeling. And I think even more to your point with just figuring out with what everything that's going on, I think once you start walking on that path of self-improvement, the biggest benefit, in my opinion, at least towards the outlook of it is the fact that it never stops. So it's mm. like these feelings of getting better, these feelings of getting to know myself better and the potential that I have, it only keeps going. So I think that's the cool thing about like the difference between living like a life based on just improvement and living a life trying to get goals. 
Because the yeah. problem with the goals is that once you get the goals, it's like, man, that's great. But what's next? You always yeah. have to recalibrate. But when you like have that lifestyle, that's the key right there. Yeah, you're always, I mean, that's literally why I have a, a tattoo on my hand that says 1%. It's literally just a constant reminder that every day I'm inching, I'm trying to become a better version of myself. And every time I've ever had a goal in my life and then I've achieved it, it is immediately, it feels relief because you've gotten to where you've wanted to be. But there's that internal chatter in your mind of like, now what's next? What's the next thing that I'm trying to work towards? So I'm reading a book right now called The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. And I read this a couple of years ago and I'm reading it, rereading it right now. And it's, it's just so truthful. Like we constantly as human beings are always thinking of the past or the future. And very rarely are we actually in the now. There's so many times in my day where I like, I'm excited to go to hot yoga. And then when I'm in hot yoga, I can't wait to be out of hot yoga. So it's this constant flow of wanting to be somewhere else, getting there and immediately wanting to be to the next phase. So you really have to fall in love truly with just the day-to-day journey, the day-to-day grind. I mean, literally every day I write out a to-do list and that's like what helps me just focus on the the day in front of me. But I completely agree. It's, it really is a journey and it's, uh, it's really appreciating some of the small wins along the way, which I think ends up fueling you to keep going. I think even the routine aspect of it, like if you, cause you talk about like being in the moment, it's like making it easier for yourself to be in those moments that you love. Mm-hmm. It makes it even easier to fall in love and be present in the now. Like I, it's hilarious that you mentioned that book because I think my last interview, we talked about it a little bit because I was like the, just the introduction and the epiphany the guy realized where it was just like that quietness, the stillness of like after all those times in those like in those dark moments mm-hmm. where it was just like, I'm present, nothing else matters because I'm here. It's like, how do you capture that in your life? And I feel like, a lot of times people get it wrong because there there's always two opinions. Either you live in the now, you have fun, you live like there's no tomorrow, or you plan for a future. But really the the best of both worlds is like, how do you create a life based on where you want to be going and what you want to be doing and then break it down to the day-to-day routines? Like yeah. if you're someone that likes to be mindful or like, like for example, like yoga is a great thing. It's like if you can enjoy like the yoga with like the candle or the people that you care about, it's like you set that every day at the same time, you build a routine that's like so into like ingrained in who you are at that point. And so I think it's recognizing those moments where you make it easier for yourself to be present. Like I have a moment where I like I go to lunch exactly at the same time every day. And, you know, it's the same. I sit in the same chair every day. Like it's outside. It's, you know, it's a health, it's a healthy meal. I don't take any devices. I have a book if I want to read or if I just want to think. And like in those moments, it like it really gives you the you can grasp the sense of existing in the present. Not for anything else, not for what the next big thing or whatever you're planning. You're just like, no, it's like this is me. This is enjoyment. This is life. This is the now. And I think back to like one of the things that you talked about, it's like when you're discovering who you are, that solitude piece is so important. Um, so like how were, I really want to get into like, how was those moments where you felt the loneliness set in, or you felt like, you know, you just questioned why you wanted to do what you wanted to do. Like, what were those moments like for you and also overcoming those moments? What was that like for you? Mm. Before I get into that, I just want to say the, what you just said though, is so important that, and this is like what I help clients do is there's so much importance of routines because it allows you to focus on where you're supposed to be and when. And it allows you to not constantly think about the future because you're just focused on following a schedule that is aligned with who you want to be. So I'd say it's like 5% spending time and energy thinking about where you're trying to go and 95% spent where you are right now and like what are the things that you can do today and I think that's really, really important for, and for people to hearing it. It might sound like I've never even considered that. Well, it's it helps you stay accountable to the things that you deem as important to you. But for me, to I mean, a lot of the solitude came right after graduating. When I was driving Uber full time, yes, I was driving a lot of uh, a lot of people from A to B, uh, getting them to their destination. But there was a lot of time on the side of the road where nobody was in the car. It was just me. I'd listen to podcasts. I'd have a lot of time to sit there, reflect, learn, think about where I want to go, who I am today. And so I think a lot of the solitude moments came there. 
And I also think it came from me just getting very clear on what are the steps it's going to take for me to get to where I want to be. And for those first, first two or three years, it wasn't, I wasn't going to dinner parties during the week. I wasn't hanging out with friends just to hang out with friends. Like I was very clear about what I needed to do. And I was extremely mindful and protective of my time, in which case it gave me a lot of solitude. I'm not recommending or saying like you need to have solitude to figure out your life, but at some point you need to create space and time to be by yourself, to think, to learn, to reflect. And uh, I felt like that's where a lot of the time came from for me. I think it's so, it's not even just important. Like it's, it's more than that. It's like, if you're unable to have conversations with yourself or be able to think for yourself, like there's so much that you're leaving on the table. And I think that nowadays identity has been almost a group thing. Like it's become a cultural thing where it's like, you're part of all these different groups and that makes up your identity as Mm -hmm. that's what's being taught. But it's like, it's never been that way. And we can't like, we have to find our own identity and and I've always had the saying, like, you divorce yourself from culture in a sense. You step aside from culture. You figure out what it is you want to do, who you are, um, and what it is you love. And then from there, you join things based on your identity that are congruent with your identity. Um, and it's the whole thing of, like, complementing for supplementing. And I think, like, it's it's interesting, too, that you mentioned that it was in those Uber moments where you were alone. Because I think all of us can have those aspects where you relate to moments that kind of teach you who you are like more and more now that again you've gone through some of the journey as well as you know you're still going through it and you're in a different stage of life are those moments that you maybe you're in the car or moments that like remind you of those times where you really started to develop are those things still like do those moments still have that same connection like if you're driving in a car or you're like going on a road trip do you still feel those ties back to when you had those moments like when you were driving uber and you were alone going from road to road yeah, I think they, I think it, ha- it kind of pops in my mind pretty often whenever I see like anyone driving rideshare, uh, like Uber, uh, Lyft. I think those are the only two big ones right now nowadays. But anytime I see those logos on cars and people doing it, I have like a lot of empathy for them because I know like that's not necessarily their dream job. They're doing it to get them from one destination to where they want to be. And so, I get really, for the right reasons, like emotional when I see it. Um, But I wouldn't say like, there are times when I am driving by myself and it will kind of click and I start to think back on some of those, some of those stories and some of the lessons that I learned along the way through driving. But um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's really gnarly. Like when you're in the weeds of doing something that you don't want to do, you just want to get out of it. And it's not until after you're out of it that you then can look back and have a clear idea of like some of the biggest lessons and learnings and what you can take from it. So I have the utmost gratitude for Uber, the platform itself, what it provided me. Um, I have no regrets in the way I was like living my life back then. It was very just work, work, work. And I wouldn't have evolved and became who I am today or the doors that opened from it wouldn't have opened had I not gone head down like that. So yeah, it still is emotional. Anytime I'm, I'm actually taking an Uber. That's, it's really interesting sitting in the back of the car and you just like, I mean, I did 19,002 total rides for, for the platform. So there was, there was a lot of rides that were, uh, that were driven through them. Do you think that a big part of like overall accepting improvement and progress as a part of our lives does that relate back to this idea that you really shouldn't have regrets? Not because you didn't do things that maybe made, were mistakes, but that maybe were just lessons that taught you who you were. Because I feel like a lot of people talk about like this regret ideology, like I wish I didn't do this. I wish I wouldn't have started this sooner. I wish I wouldn't have done this or that. But I think that when people, there's a blissful acceptance part when it comes to like saying like, I don't regret what I did. I'm Mm. glad that I'm doing what I'm doing now, but there's a difference between doing that and then saying like, I regret doing that. Like, I think like, yeah, if you, if you're finally doing what you love, then of course, maybe you, what you, you could say, I would have started sooner, but really it's like, no, what I did before that led me to who I am now, you know, what you did with Uber led you to do what you are now. And even like, I think the coolest part, and you can relate to this because you create content. is like when you can document in a sense who you are 
and mm-hmm. that progression over time, it's like, it's so real because you really understand the component of like, you might think you'd be doing something now. And then three years later, you're doing something completely different, but it's yeah. always like, again, having faith in yourself and having, I think the biggest part too, is like when you have that improvement in character, you have that faith in who you are, who you're becoming. And you can kind of, again, like with the, the whole book you were talking about, The Power Now, it's just like when you're able to have confidence in who you are and the ability to adapt to the new circumstances that are coming your way, you can live in the present because you don't have the anxiety of, of what's coming because you know that regardless of what happens, you, you'll be okay. You'll be able to handle it. And I think us as humans have that ability, but sometimes we forget or sometimes we're so consumed by everything else that we just often don't isolate ourselves enough to know it, you know? Yeah. I think the reason or not the reason, but I think the biggest, like what's helped me not really have regret is, uh, just purely understanding that like me having regret changes absolutely nothing. So it's like black and white. Like there's no, there's no need to get like emotional about it. It's just, if it's something that's happened in the past, there's literally nothing that I can say, or you can say today that is going to change. You, have to take those moments to look back on your life and learn even if there are these regretful things that you maybe wish you did differently had started earlier would have quit earlier blah 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 but at the end of the day all you can do is look back and go these are the things that i've learned great i'm going to add that to my tool belt and i'm going to move forward but there's literally no benefit of having regret spending time energy it all comes down to just purely letting go and whatever those narratives or those emotions that you feel that are unwanted or that make you feel down about yourself, you truly just have to let it slide because nothing is going to change. But you can take some of the lessons and some things that you've learned from that moment and utilize utilize that to your best advantage to move forward. Yeah. And I want to kind of segue this into, we're talking right now a lot about identity when it comes to self-improvement. And I, we we talked briefly about it before we started, just this overall the self-improvement space as a whole right now. We Mm -hmm. talk about improvement. We talk about content creation. And the truth is there's a lot of content being pushed out just overall to different groups that involves, not involves, but it does kind of invoke this idea that it pushes some narrative down. Like it, it pushes this idea that it's like, it's not about you. There's a societal aspect to it. And I think that a lot of people are listening to this content. And while the content, so to speak, might not be super, super negative, I think that if a content is organized in a way where it's portrayed as being true, for example, with like the red pill stuff or this idea that it's like there's a right way of looking at things and there's people coming from a certain mindset for the clearest example being like if a guy isn't doing well in life and he just his his girlfriend just broke up with him and he turns to self-improvement, but he turns to the red pill space and he's getting feed uh, he's getting fed this content of like, well, you know, women are hypergamous or whatever, whatever they say. Right. But then they say like, also level up, get your fitness, right. Get your finance, right. The fitness and finances do make sense. And that's a good place to come from. But when it comes in wrapped in negativity, I think that a lot of people just get the message that's more oriented to what they're feeling. They connect the emotions with the information. And I think that as content creators, not only do we have the gift of being able to just share our message with the world, but there's also an inherent responsibility to understand how are people going to take this message? And it's not even being careful with what you say. It's just understanding how you're saying it is going to affect a different kind of group of people. Like it's very mm-hmm. easy for a content creator to be like, you can post negative content because negativity and extremism gets way more views and engagement than if you have something that's more like moderate or something that's just, and again, it's more general because people, because the mind itself is programmed that way. So again, like just how do you feel about that, the responsibility of content creators as well as the whole self-improvement space as a whole? Well, I, I think what you're saying is true, but I will say at the end of the day, it's about polarizing people. So I agree. I think there can be negative things that catch fire. And the reason is that is because somebody's saying something so polarizing that it's getting people to stop and want to interact, share, put their two cents in. But I do believe there are ways in which you can make polarizing positivity content that does the same. And I've seen it happen with my own content. So it goes both ways. Um, at the end of the day, it's it's when it comes to like content creating, I have just always since day one, since like, 2016 and nobody was paying attention or watching me. TikTok didn't exist. 
Instagram reels didn't exist. I mean, I was purely just creating and podcasting similar to this. I've always stayed true to what is authentic to me. And even being as authentic as I am and pushing a lot of shit that I think is just helping people, I still have gotten negativity. I've still gotten people that have pushed back on me. And that's fine because people are entitled to their own opinion and people are also products of their environment. I am extremely grateful for where I was raised, who I am today. And that all is a testament to where I grew up, the parents I was raised by. There's so many factors that allowed me to become who I am today. I have empathy when I see people out there that are pushing negativity into the world because they are truly just a product of what they were around. So I agree. I think it's a creator's responsibility to really just stand by what they create. Um, And then two, like I really do believe if you can capture people, if you can capture people's attention, it will get traction. And that can be from extreme positivity to extreme negativity. It's, at the end of the day, it's about the which and the, the way in which the creator story tells. And I've seen it happen for both sides. So yeah, it's it's a really it's a really great time to be a content creator, but at the end of the day, it's how people you want to utilize that tool to their advantage is going going to determine how the consumers take it or how some of the people that come across it might feel about it. That's true. And I think one of the interesting parts too is like as we see content creation develop, like you just talked about like 2016, I mean like podcasting wasn't big yet. Um, You really only had, the biggest space of creation was YouTube. That was like a time where YouTube was starting to develop more and more. But like, again, TikTok wasn't out so you didn't have the competition because YouTube shorts, Instagram reels, they all were born out of competition to to go against TikTok. Mm -hmm. And so when you talk about the future of content creation, it's like, Right now, we're getting fed all the short clip content. We're getting fed the short videos through TikTok, through Instagram and all this. And so what it's done, like just like psychologically to a lot of people, it's like it's short in attention span. Now, yeah. we're instead of watching a video for, for 15, 20 minutes, we can't even watch one for seven because we're like 15, minute, 15 seconds scroll, 15 seconds scroll. And so I think when we talk about the future of, of content creation as a whole, but as well the future of society, because even when you talk to like, you know, people of older generations, they talk a lot of times in, in ways of like raising the ways of developing that ignore the fact that social media is here and it's here to stay. Mm. It's prevalent now, right? This is, this is, we're never going back to the way things were. It doesn't mean things are always going to stay this way, but it's like, as we're looking for a new medium and as society enters a period of transition, like where do you see the world going as well as like this idea of like finding yourself, but you're finding yourself in the midst of all this, this age of information like what what do you do to find yourself and what do you do to to stay i guess in a sense relevant with with everything that's going on but at the same time isolated enough to find yourself yeah i mean it's kind of crazy like when i think about the amount of information i have at my fingertips at any moment in time compared to where my parents were at when they were my age 28 um if they wanted to know something, they would likely have to drive and find their local library and then look and skim in the index section to then hopefully find a book to then hopefully dig through and find the one sentence answer of how to make bacon, macaroni and cheese. I don't know, throw any question. Um, So it's on, it's our responsibility to utilize that to our advantage if we want to. So when it comes to content consuming, my thing is like, I'm extremely aware of what I consume and I unfollow shit that I just know is not good for me. It's not providing me value. That doesn't mean my whole content feed is just like self-improvement, like how to become the best version of yourself. Most of my content is that because I want to train my mind to think from a growth mindset. I'm looking to become a better version of myself constantly. I also create in the space, so I want to see what other creators are doing. Um, So it's a balance of paying attention to what you're consuming. I don't think too far in the future. about what does this look like six months, a year from now. I'm so focused on like the now only because that's the only thing that I need to focus on right now. As things pop up on my radar, I make adjustments. I pivot. Uh, you know, I spent six years podcasting. Now I've pivoted into just like full, fully TikTok for a little bit. That'll probably turn into something else. Um, 
But at the end of the day, I'm extremely mindful of when I do consume. I don't check my phone for the first three hours every day. I don't check social media for the last hour of my day. I'm very aware of how often I'm scrolling versus how much I'm creating and like actually doing work. So I think it's case by case scenario. Everyone has to find like what works for them. And I just, I don't get, I, I think I previously probably got cu too caught up consuming, but um, at some point you just get clear on what you want to do and where you want to go. And you know, the amount of work it's going to take. And I just put boundaries and limits around how often I'm consuming because I know I have other things that I need to do. I think the awareness part for me is the biggest thing. It's like, are you paying attention or are you mindlessly just like on something? And I think too, what you just mentioned, like even curating your feed to being more relative. Like if it's like, if I'm going to consume, I'm going to consume the right way. It doesn't mean it's all yeah. the same things, but it's like, like, you know, maybe you like cooking or maybe you like dancing. Like those are not bad things to consume. It's not that consuming's bad. It's just like, again, it's the individual ratio. Like how much are you um, producing versus consuming? And like you said, it is always relative. A lot of things are. Um, but I think the key point is just understanding that it's like you're actively making a decision. Mm -hmm. Not that you're falling to these algorithms that are, you know, trying to keep you in trouble because that's what they do. They're, that's how they make the money. But it's like, no, it's like if I'm going to watch this, I'm going to watch this and I'm going to, I know why I'm watching it or I know that I'm actively spending me time and I'm, and I'm going to be okay with it. Like, yeah. I think it's like the same thing with like, just like if you're eating food that maybe isn't the healthiest, it's like, no, I'm going out with friends. I'm going to enjoy this pizza or whatever. And I know that it's like not the healthiest option, but I'm okay with it. I think it's accepting the whole, the holistic consequences, both the positive and the negative. Um, but something you mentioned is like, you're so focused on living in the now um, that you really don't look past like me, even like the six months or year. Do you think there's any, or what do, what are your, when you're sizing it up and you're seeing the advantages and the disadvantages to like looking in the future, especially as a content creator, like planning and pivoting, do you see any benefits to like even just trying to think what the space might be like and things you can start doing now that might get you in a better pos position in the future? Yeah, it, it kind of goes back to what I had said earlier, right? 5% future planning, 95% in the now. I saw the rise on TikTok and I had people around me like that were doing well and encouraging me to get on TikTok. So that's exactly why I pivoted. I was thinking about if I commit to this platform for the next 12 months, 24 months, how many more opportunities is going to come to me because of this? How much more awareness am I going to get? Oh, a lot. So I need to now start creating on TikTok. So I think it's important to think about, see where things are at, see the long play of what could happen, but also once again, focusing on what are the controllables today. So it's, I think there's some people out there that do a really good job of like paying attention to where things are going. Um, and I would say I, I try to get better. Like I neglected TikTok for well over a year and I should have gone on it sooner and I probably would have saw a lot more growth quick quicker don't regret it, but your ability to like make those pivots and to understand like where the world is going and to go with them is extremely important. Gary V has been preaching this since 2016, since I started following him. Like you don't control where people, if we're just talking content, like you don't control where people want to consume. You have to be the creator where they want to be. So it's, it can be stressful. It can be a lot of work, but that's essentially what you sign up for when you step into creating is like, you got to go where the attention is. And if that means you need to learn video skills, if that means you need to learn writing skills, that means you have to learn audio skills. You just go and that's, that's what you have to do. Yeah, no, I think even just in any given industry and to like anyone that's just like learning more about what they want to do. I think it's, it's just listening to like, I I would so to speak call it like the whispers of what's going on. Like people talk about like the whisper of nature, right? Like you see the you see the animals move before a volcano explodes. Like there's something in the air that I think if you're if you're at least fo like clear enough and mindful enough of your surroundings, there's things you pick up on. Like you know, if I get an email from YouTube, like they just sent me an email about um, the Creator Studio and the they're doing like new handles. So yeah, your I channel link is handles, but then the way they're orienting is that in the shorts, just like on TikTok, you have the username handle. When people share or they tag or they do like uh, collaborations, it's the tag, the at sign. And so it's like that's showing that YouTube's going to continue pushing the shorts narrative. And I think they even released a press thing about podcasting. Um, but they even like the organic growth and in Instagram reels versus TikTok now. Like TikTok before would push small creators like crazy. 
And now it's not as big as it used to be in terms of small creators. Instagram Reels and YouTube, for that matter, are doing the same. I've seen, I've talked to people who have started channels from scratch, posted three videos, and gained like 50, 100 followers. And they gained like a thousand to 10,000 views mm. on these new videos. And really, they didn't, hadn't put too much time into them. They had no following, they didn't share it at all. And it was within like five minutes and then it completely stopped. So it's like, I think even recognizing, it isn't even about always being focused on like future movements. It's just understanding like if I'm aware enough to listen to them, then they might really help. Like I think the one you mentioned, the 595, the one I've been, I've used occasionally, but the one I've heard the most is they call it the pilot, the plane and the engineer. And it's um, 80% of you is the plane. That's when it's flying. That's when it's in the air. That's when it's doing what it's supposed to do. Um, I think it's 5% or 10% is the engineer. So that's fixing things, right? What's in your systems? What's in your routines that could be approved upon, that could be taken to a better level, that could be optimized? Um, and then there's the, I think it's 10 or 15%. That's the pilot. It's like, is the plane still on course, right? If you're taking a 10-hour flight, you don't need to be checking it every five minutes. But, you know, every hour or two hours or three hours, are you are you making sure that you're supposed to land where you want to land? Um, but I think, like we've said, too, it's it's a combination of, how are you building routines and systems and structures that are allowing you to live the life you want, take you to where you want to go? Mm. And at the same time, are you able to put your ego aside enough to admit when you made a mistake or admit when something could have been done better and recognize that you'll fix it in the future? Right? Like, like again, like we said, it's not about regretting. You don't regret that you weren't on TikTok sooner, but you understand now, hey, there was power there. Maybe next time there's opportunities, I'll be a little more open to switching over to them. Yeah. Yeah, that's that. If you have that mindset, it allows you to make pivots so much more flawlessly because you're you're not beating yourself up so much. You're just kind of just moving with what feels is right, and you make those pivots, you make those adjustments, and it allows you to it allows you to honestly jump on opportunities without overthinking it, which is like not even just as a creator, but just as a human being. You want to follow that internal interest or ideas that you have for yourself. And if you spend too much time overthinking it, you're never actually going to put action towards it. Yeah. You know, there's one thing that I do want to ask, and it's, it's interesting because when you talk to creators as well as like just self-improvement, there's a lot of information. Like nowadays, you can learn how to get better at anything and a multitude of formats. And obviously, I give content to people, you give content to people. And I think the thing is now is not what content to give, but also how do people absorb the content? So what are the, some of the things that you've talked to people about and you've seen that's helped people absorb the information and actually apply the information they're learning rather than just listen to another podcast or listen to 20 self-improvement TikToks and then carry on their lives the exact same way? Yeah, I, I'm very mindful of people's times. Like even when I was podcasting, like if it was a solo pod, I scripted the entire podcast because I wanted to make sure that I didn't have any space where I didn't have anything to say. I wanted my thoughts to be very thoughtful and like had facts behind them. And I was extremely mindful doing solo pods. When it came to the guest pods, I always had prepared questions. I did the research. Now moving on to TikTok, like everything is very direct, actionable. So at a high level, I've always been extremely mindful of people's times and that I do not want to waste a second. And now, especially with just like, if I can only speak on what I'm creating today, which is mostly just on TikTok, I try to establish credibility, not from an ego, but from like showcasing like, hey, I actually, this is what I've done or this is how I figured it out. And I like to give people direct tips and steps of how they can apply it themselves or the benefits or the things they need to be looking out for or the examples of why they're feeling the way they're feeling. So yes, my content is me. I, I, a lot of things I might say is like, you know, I, I condense five days. Of, I condense five days of work into one. So saying something like that, it captivates you because you're like, how did this guy do that? Here's five tips of how you can do the same. Oh, wow. Now he's going to teach me how to do the same. So I'm constantly balancing, like establishing credibility, showing you like, I'm not just like blowing smoke out of my ass or I'm just saying things to say things. I've actually learned from experience. I speak from experience and then here's how you can go do the same. So at the end of the day, like I just, for 
every creator is different. Everything's different. But for me, it's like, I want to give people actionable steps so that if they're laying on their bed and they don't know what to do, here's the steps they need to take to get out of their bed and start working towards some of these things. And then I think recognizing that's probably one of the reasons you have the following, like you have the followers you have in the sense of like the, the kinds of people, right? They, mm. they appreciate the actionable steps. And what's interesting too is balancing too, like how do you incorporate stories and experience with the actual facts themselves? Because, you know, if you want to be as efficient as possible, you can just like list off, do this, do this, do this, do this. But then mm. sometimes people don't understand. Um, and it's interesting too, like I've seen it with my own content and I've seen it with pe- like the content of friends and fellow uh, content creators where they go one way and then they kind of like systemize it and then they change it again. And it's again, like the whole improvement process, like the content involves as they evolve and recognize like, well, if I'm just super general and I have like all these fireside chats and people don't have like 30 minutes to listen to me go on tangents for all that time or like an hour maybe I should change it a little bit. But then they also realize like they go straight to just like listing like facts and they don't give any more experience. People kind of miss like the the uniqueness of it, right? How did yeah. these people learn these things or why did they learn these things? And as well as, you know, like I can't relate to them anymore because I don't know where they're coming from. How yeah. did they learn? So, so it's like understanding that balance. And then they get to the point too, where it's like you create content where it's like, I'm not going on tangents. I'm not going off topic, but how do I incorporate the lessons with the things that I've learned, how did I learn them? And it's quicker. Like something I've loved about your content since I've seen it is just like, I see the aspects of your personality come through the, through the, through the content, mm. but that doesn't hinder the message that comes from the content. And mm-hmm. I think that's the balance part that's really important for a lot of creators. Like mm-hmm. it's like, it's authentic. I know it's this guy's content. Like I know it's, it's a signature. Like it looks like that kind of content, but at the same time I could, you could change the voice, get rid of the images, and those would be incredibly good steps as well as how do you learn those steps are given. Mm-hmm. And I think too, when we're when we're conveying messages, it's that relevance piece too. It's like, oh, well, this guy wasn't always like that. This guy wasn't always like this. It's always a growth part. So I think having the part that people can relate to, even not just when you're creating content, but even just segueing into like conversation, when you're able to be relatable to a lot of people, I think the message is that much more impactful as well. Yeah, something that might resonate to you, like with you specifically right now. And this was like a big, like, holy shit moment for me in the last like six months is it's so interesting that, like, truly, we as humans, we use analytics and numbers as credibility. If you have a million followers on Instagram, you're a mega influencer. If you have a million dollars in your bank account, you're rich. If you have 10 cars, you're cool. You know, like it's always analytical driven. So a year, two years ago, I would make a very similar podcast, five ways that I better my mental health. And that podcast would get a hundred downloads, 200 downloads. Fast forward two years later, I make that same TikTok, and it gets a million views. It's the same messaging. It's the same person. But the only difference is that the tool of which I'm speaking it has a huge audience that it's pushing it out and it, it has more viral ability to get shared out more. So then, it, then I finally feel like, wow, I'm actually like being validated. The content that I've been making is now being validated. So it's also a really like big reminder that, and I think what got me to stay consistent so long creating for six years up until finally like, having somewhat of a following was that I can honestly believed that what I was saying and spreading was going to help people. And if I didn't believe authentically that like what I was saying was going to help people, I would have gave up a long time ago because I wasn't making any money. I was doing this out of my own pocket, 15 to 20 hours a week, wasn't making a single dollar for six years. So that's what that game is that you you might be playing. I don't know where you're at right now as a creator or financial or whatever, but you have to keep reminding yourself that if you truly believe in what you're creating and talking about, it is literally only a matter of time. You're one TikTok, you're one podcast, or one video away that it literally changes everything. So it's been really gnarly because like I said, my content has evolved. Everything I'm making today is definitely much sharper than, than what I was speaking on a couple of years ago because I've developed, I've grown. But at the end of the day, it's the same messaging. But now it's being validated. And two years ago, nobody gave a shit. 
So it's really, it's, it's been a, it's been an eye-opening experience for me to actually see some of this stuff, like get some feedback and feel like, wow, my voice is actually being heard for the first time. That's, there's so many points there that are just so important to recognize. Like the part about the message being the same, it's like when you're authentically speaking from a place of like where you've come from and what you've learned, it's like the message doesn't change, right? If you're trying to do stuff to get views or to to get likes or to get money or whatever, like it's very easy for you or not very easy for you to say, but very easy for a lot of people to just give that message. But then what happens is that message isn't true to them. So it changes over time because they're just trying to like stay relevant and reverse of like giving messages that are true from you. And I think to your point about the there's one video or one thing away too, I've always recognized since the beginning of when I started, it was like, if I help that one person, if I, t- if I say that one thing that just helps the one guy who's listening, who's at a place that he can benefit from this, that's all that ever matters. Mm. No amount of money will ever change that. And I, it was interesting because one of my first experiences was like when I had started the podcast, it was like three months after my start. And as you know, creating podcasts at the very beginning, no one listens. There's no way of really getting traction. Like there's, there's no one. I, I mean, I, I remember three months in, I probably had like 20 downloads. Right? Yeah, I was, I I was like, no I way. It, man. And, and it wasn't even, I wasn't even motivated. Like the reasons behind it were different, but I ran into a guy and I was speaking to someone and this guy comes up to me and he's like, I recognize your voice. Do you like do type like any like content creation? I was like, yeah, I have a, I have a podcast. And the guy recognized my podcast. So I'm like, the chances out of like the the double digit downloads, which like, or it was like barely double digits that a guy recognized me. And he was like, bro, like your message was really impactful. Like I was like going through something and it really helped. Mm. And I was like, like, that's the guy. That's the guy. If, if that guy's still listening, I'm still delivering that message to that guy. So mm. it's always about the one guy. And I mean, I get those messages obviously a little more frequently now. But it's like, that's why I do it. And I think that's too, like you recognize too, when you're just authentic, when you're able to help people. And it's like, you recognize that, you know, that's an abundance mindset. Everyone, there's enough to go around for everyone and we can all win in the end. It's like, man, you know, like screw everything else. Like, yeah, you want to have like viability, but at the same time, you're going to push through. And I think, you know, maybe I'm still like climbing that mountain at the beginning stages um, as opposed to you. But I mean, like, of course, you've also recognized that maybe things might change. You know, the algorithm might change and maybe tomorrow you don't get as many views as you used to. And then, but I still see it in you that like, you're going to keep sending out the message because it's important to you. And while you might have to pivot or it might take a while, you'll still be there when it comes because that's, that's who you are at that point, right? And I've seen creators and nowadays a lot of creators in the YouTube self-improvement space that are used to making longer form content, their views as an industry have dropped significantly. But a lot of them haven't stopped. Mm. Like I've, I've, been, I've been following these people just to see how they adapt to these moments. And it's like, maybe they do a little more short form, but they still deliver on their, their main messaging and they haven't changed it. So it's, it's just that interesting point of like, when you're true to yourself and you're able to have faith in yourself and stay consistent, then you win in the end. You'll always win in the end because you'll always be there, right? You'll be able to push through those breaks or those moments that that challenge in you. And I was, you know, I was getting to the point where I wanted to ask you about that point of just like, how do you push through? And it's like, it's very obvious by the way you speak and by the way you think. You're just authentic. And you recognize that I'll be okay, but I have to have faith and keep pushing through. If I give up, I'm leaving this on the table. And it's recognizing that in everything that we do, it's not just about content creation and it isn't just about us. For anyone that does anything, as long as you're able to have faith in yourself and recognize there's ways that you can get better and recognize that it might take time. For you, you know, the podcast, it was six years of creating podcasts. For me, it could take 20 years, but it's recognizing that there's things that we love to do. There's things that we feel that we're drawn to do. And again, when it ties back to this purpose and this calling, man, we'll do as long as it takes because we know it's what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah, you're gonna, you're gonna, I mean, you might not have faced it yet, but there's a good chance and hopefully you never have to deal with it. Like, you're going to hit that wall as a creative where you don't know what to create or do, or you just feel like doing it is a job. And that's why my first podcast, I took a nine month break. The second podcast I started, I just stopped maybe five months ago where it's just the the second podcast more. So I'd stop to change mediums, but you're going to hit those walls. And I think you have to allow yourself to like take breaks. I think the, 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 the thing that's allowed me to see the most consistent today right now in the last six months is being realistic about my output 
and like what can I actually handle and what's what's like sustainable because there have been times where I've over pushed it to post two TikToks or three TikToks in a day and I actually feel worse about myself than the day that I just posted one because I'm over I'm pushing myself the the, the gas tank is on e but I'm still have my foot on the gas because I just want to grow I just want to keep going I just want to keep doing but in reality when I'm realistic about my actual output and my expectations and what I can actually handle within a given day, it actually makes it so much more easier for me to show up daily because I know that it's manageable. It's not something that is taking all of my mind and energy. So I think that's really important too. And I don't know if you uh, listen to like Colin and Samir, they're big, big YouTube creators. Uh, Definitely check out their content if you don't already, but they're a huge advocates for like creator breaks and taking those breaks when you need it especially with podcasts it's really different because you build out that consistent rhythm of weekly content if you're not putting out weekly podcasts you're not a podcast that's what it like the messaging comes off as um and that's really hard especially when you're just starting out as i know you probably have felt and that was also a huge relief when i started doing tiktok was like there is no schedule like i want to post daily but if i take five days off nobody can say anything um so I think it's just being self it goes back to self-awareness. Self-aware, what can you actually control? How much can you actually put out? And giving yourself that time to breathe and take breaks as often as you need it. Yeah, I think for I think the better part of a year, almost maybe even more than a year, I released once every Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um and then the times that I needed to to take I, I never needed like a big break. Like I always loved what I do. And I was, I was also like, I wasn't promoting it heavily. So like the time itself, like I was able to spend less time doing it. Um, I would batch record. So I'd like do three or four. So that would give me like three weeks to like take off, but still yeah. like give the, give the vision of it. And then I think earlier this year, I think it would have been February or March, maybe even later, March or April, I started doing twice a week. So I went from once every Sunday to um, Sundays and Thursdays. And then I went, that was about a month. And then I did Tuesdays and Thursdays, which I've been doing since. So like most of the time I have a backlog, um, in case like, I'm like, okay, like these next two weeks, like I need to like get back to myself. Mm -hmm. I'm able to like disappear with still having those things for the people that have been listening, but no, it's huge. It's, it's building sustainable structures and building those things that, that allow you to pivot and allow you to recognize what's healthy for you. Cause I feel like at the end of the day, you have to understand that you, if you're the guy that's, that's producing, Right. It doesn't matter if you can produce a little more, if the production is less quality or you're not able to sustain it and it's negative for you, then it's going to be negative for everything else in the long term. Yeah. Um, so it's just good to recognize sustainability. And as as we wrap up today, just, you know, again, thank you for your time. But it's even just recognizing that these conversations, you know, they always take place in everyone's daily lives. It's like, how do you listen to to the components of everyone you're talking to and and be able to get invigorated and energized as well as learn things from other people. Like I think as people, sometimes we have trouble listening to others just to understand, not necessarily to respond. And I think when we get to those places and we can incorporate these little tiny things that other people are doing that can make our lives better and share those with other people, it's a really healthy place to come from and a place that we can really love to be in. So as we wrap up, what are some some closing messages you have for the people as well as where can people find you at? Yeah, wow. Closing messages for the people. That's a big mic drop. Um, <laughs> man, at the end of the day, I think, and this is like something I was just even, just even getting more clear on in the last couple of days is, and we chatted about this earlier in the podcast, I would challenge anyone that listened to this podcast to ask yourself, do your goals and your true priorities align with what and how you spend your day? And if not, please start making the changes because that will completely ripple into where you go in the future. And that's something that I'm like very passionate about is helping people align their days to match their priorities. And I don't think enough people are doing that. So that would be my challenge for those out there. Like, Ask yourself, is your day playing out the way you truly wish it was? And if not, what are the changes you need to make to ensure you're actually aligning your day to the goals and priorities that you have? Um, I mean, to find me, you could, uh, that's not, where do you go to find me? Huh? Uh, just at Bob, a B O three B's four A's and a Y. You can find me on TikTok, Instagram, uh, the podcast that I put on pause called it's the bearded man. You can listen to some of the episodes there. Um, 
but that's 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 where you can find me. I, I think if anyone has any direct questions, shoot me a DM on on IG. I'd be happy to answer them. Um, I do have a, a a coaching business that I run uh, one on one. So if anyone's interested, please reach out. But I think ultimately, one big favor I would ask from the audience of the show is to leave a five-star review on this podcast because of the amount of work that goes on behind the scenes to produce these episodes and to create content is a lot And your intention as a host is very thoughtful and I can hear it and see it. So props to you for pursuing the show props to the people that are listening, but really take the time to, to leave a review on this podcast because those ratings go a long way and it's really crucial in those early stages of, of, of running a show. So props to you. You're doing a phenomenal job as a host. And I hope, uh, I hope the rest of the year and the next year and the next couple of years open some big doors for you. I appreciate it, man. Those words, those words always mean a lot. And I guess my closing takeaways for the people is, are you able to ask yourself uncomfortable questions and are you able to actually answer them honestly? You just, uh, you just proposed a question that's always sometimes difficult for a lot of people to answer because if the answer is no, it might be a little embarrassing. Um, but as I've said before, you know, your ego isn't your amigo. Sometimes you got to put aside your pride, put aside what you think you know, and recognize there's a lot you don't know and there's a lot to grow from. And that doesn't come from a place of me thinking I know the answers. It comes from a place that I understand that I don't. And that understanding is what's blissful. That ignorance is what's blissful, as, as, as we say. And so my important thing is, are you able to have uncomfortable conversations with yourself and with others um, that will allow you ultimately to be better, but there's struggles to go through now. And so again, gentlemen, thank you all for tuning in. Please reach out. Please check out everything that he's offering and check out the content. It's truly transformational. You know how we close it out here. We set, we set, he who conquers has to conquer himself first. Take care. That's all for today's episode on the Gentleman's Atlas podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and share this episode with someone who needs to hear this message. If you are serious about taking your life to the next level, visit our website, www.thegentlemansatlas.com for all our services, previous content, and full episode transcripts. We greatly appreciate your support and we're excited to see you in the next episode.